You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Thank you for the song this morning. If you would take your Bibles out, we're going to go back into the book of Ephesians. You can find your place there. Ephesians chapter 1. As I've said over the last oh, couple, three weeks, Ephesians is, has been said by many to be the, it's the treasure house of the Lord. It's um, like a treasure box. When you open it up, you find everything that God has given to the Christian's life and how it can affect our Christian, our, our Christian walk in such a tremendous way if we can grasp what it is that God has for us. As a pastor, I'll, I'll walk into the services many times, and I'll, obviously I get to sit up here and I look out and see the crowd. <clears throat> and um, I get to interact with lots of people, and, and uh, some of you for the last 39 years I've had the opportunity to interact with, and others much less than that. Nonetheless, I, uh, I get to see and visit with and talk to a lot of people. Um, in general, I would probably have to say that when you look at Christianity in general, largely I think we have <clears throat> Christians that know that Christianity is real. They know that Christ died on Calvary, gave his life for them, and that we're supposed to live our life for him. And um, coming to the house of God is something that he um, you know, doesn't just ask. It's a command of the Lord to come and grow in the Lord, be a part of a body of Christ and grow. I think largely we know that. But I will have to say this, largely within Christianity, I see a lot of Christians that seem to be maybe bored with Christianity and wish there was so much more to it. Uh, I'm not saying everyone, and I, and I, you know, I see Christians on fire, and, and largely I see lots of folks that really really want to do a lot for God, but I just have to say many times uh, within Christianity, I see folks wishing that there was so much more. Uh, it, like, like somebody else or someone else always seems to be so blessed, and I'm the one that just like, what did I miss? I sense that sometimes as I visit with some folks from time to time. If you'll read the book of Ephesians with an open heart and an open mind, and let God open your eyes and show you things that you need to see. You cannot help but walk away and understand I have been missing out on the greatest treasure that has been right here in, in my lap and in my heart. And God wants that for us. So badly God wants that for us. You're going to find that here today. You're going to find, you know, Paul wrote the book of Ephesians. And um, being the human author, you understand it's the heart of God that's, that's being placed here and this is the mind of God for us here today. Verse uh, 15 on down to 23. We're going to end the chapter up today. Uh, chapter 1, Lord willing, next week, back into chapter 2. You're going to find a prayer that's being given here, and you're going to say, oh, that was one of Paul's prayers. But you have to know and understand God is inspiring this man to write what is said here, and God is the one that put the desires that's in his heart. Paul is burning in his heart for these Ephesians to have so much more out of the Christian life than just 
kind of wishing there was a little bit more than what I'm getting out of Christianity. And he really prays for that, um, that sincere desire of his, that these Christians are able to see everything that God has available to them. So would you drop down as we get into verse 15? Let me just remind you that um, verse 3 talks about blessed be God and he goes through and lists the things that God has blessed us with, things the Father has blessed us with, things the Son has blessed us with, and things that the Holy Spirit has blessed us with. If you'll take your time with them and read them slowly and say, God, please, I need to understand what are you saying to me that's available right here. Uh, God will show you and will be a blessing to you. And as we inch our way through the book of Ephesians, I believe God can do that, open our eyes and help us to understand and see the things that are available to the Christian's life. So knowing that we've seen those blessings and God has laid them out here for us, he starts in verse 15. Would you look there with me? Wherefore, or knowing what we have just read is is another way of saying that. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love, unto all the saints, we'll talk about that, Um, cease not, in other words, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. You ever heard somebody say, I've been praying for you? It means a lot to me when people tell me that. So I've not ceased to be in prayer for you. And here's what he prayed for. Listen to what he asked God for. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. The more you come to know and understand God, the more your eyes open up and begin to understand. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened there in verse 18, that's what he said. That you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet. The word all there would be very important for us to understand. He hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And we'll pray right there. God, thank you for again bringing us here to the house of God today and for enabling us, giving us that grace and strength to be here. And I'm asking, Lord, as I just read that prayer of Paul once again, what his sincere desire is for this body of believers that he's writing to, and many others who would no doubt read that, us here today. God, that you would open our eyes of understanding, that you would peel away the scales from our eyes, God, that uh, somehow within normal Christianity we've been lulled to sleep. And I ask you to stir our hearts up and give us a challenge in these things of God. And may we be blessed immensely with what uh, is said here today. And I'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I don't know if you've noticed as you age how much better you can remember. 
My wife tells me when I tell stories, she said, honey, you tell things that never really happened. I said, no, my memory just gets better. As I, I just remember things better than I ever used to. Um, See, you embellish sometimes. You'll say things that really, you know, honey, they really didn't happen. So, um, so as I remember, here's a story I want to try to do my best to remember, is that um, I think Yvette had taught one of uh, the, uh, a child in our Christian school years ago, and so uh, she had noticed how he had been struggling with reading or seeing the chalkboard. I, I can't remember which, which one it was, probably both. And so uh, she noticed it for several weeks, and she uh, contacted the parents and said to them, you know, you might want to have so-and-so checked out. I've noticed that he's had some issues, and they, we haven't noticed anything. Well, well, we've seen some things. You may want to go have him checked out. And they did. And this uh, little guy's vision was horrible. Oh, my goodness. And um, so they ordered the glasses and all of that. And um, I, I can't remember all these details, but I do remember him putting his glasses on, getting in the car, and while they were driving home, the mom and dad were so brokenhearted because he said, Mom, look, there's, there's trees up there, and it, it has leaves on them. Uh, and, and, and those signs up there have words on them. And he was just picking things out that they're like, uh, yeah. They've always had leaves, or there's always been words on that sign, and they realized he just had not had the ability to see what was right in front of his face. <laughs> kind of like Christianity in some ways. This morning, I should remember this, this is only about three hours old. Um, so this morning, um, Yvette and I are, are in the bathroom at the counter there and the, and the mirror there, and it's, uh, it's a little tight sometimes. Oh my, it was tight when I had three daughters and a wife, and me trying to get in there and brush my teeth was uh, taking my life into my own hands, curling irons flying and everything. But uh, so I'm in there today, and, and um, she's over there doing something. I don't know what she's doing uh, in the mirror, and uh, I'm just brushing my teeth. And all of a sudden she goes, oh, I, I lost my contact. I, I, don't know where my, I don't know where my contact went. So obviously she was trying to get a contact in, and we just stopped everything, turned the water off. I'm like, oh, great, it went down the sink. Um, but we're looking all over the counters. We looked on, on top of things, in things, uh, on her dress, on the floor, everywhere. Uh, where, where could it have gone? I mean, how many has lost the contact? I mean, it's folded up in your eye, slid up into the top part of your eye or whatever. And uh, so finally she goes, I felt it fall out and hit my finger. She, but she started looking, and she goes, oh, it's right there in the eye. And that whole time, we probably spent hours looking for that. It was probably three or four minutes. And then the, this whole time, uh, the very thing she needed to be able to see clearly was already in her eye. Now, guys, the very thing we need to be able to see so clearly is already in our heart. I believe that. I really do. Sometimes our vision gets a little blurred, and sometimes our attention is not given to the Word of God like it should be, but I can promise you, everything you need to have the most exciting walk with God, Christian life, this little span of life that we get here to live our lives here on this earth, and then get to heaven and live in glory land forever, Everything I need to enjoy my walk is in this book right here. And I don't mean just the book of Ephesians, but it's in the Bible. It's in the Word of God. 
And, and maybe without realizing it, you may feel like, oh, I don't have what it takes to be able to see things as, as good as so-and-so, like the contact has fallen out, or uh, I, I just can't seem to get what so-and-so gets. But if you'll read this book, God will show you more about yourself and what he's given to you and for you than you can ever imagine. Nobody on this earth knows the Word of God completely. The only one that did was Jesus. So a little bit at a time, God wants our eyes to be opened up that I could be able to see what it is God has for me. So in light of all the gifts that we mentioned, you were here if you were here the last couple of weeks, uh, all the blessings that God has bestowed upon us, God wants us to fully comprehend and to be able to understand these gifts that he has really given to us. I mean, it's one thing to be gifted, guys, but it's an entirely different thing to know your gifts and then to know how to use them, how to implement them in the Christian life. So Paul has been stopping and he's been praying for uh, these Ephesians and the others who no doubt this book got passed around to so that they could comprehend everything that they really do have in the Lord. I mean, prayer is what I would call the meat and bones of Christianity. Can you, can you listen to this? Prayer is truly hard work. Most people, sadly, simply play around with it. And if you only knew the tool that prayer was in the Christian's life, I really believe it could transform uh, a whole lot of, of our, our walk with the Lord as well. So Paul begins to really pray and to plead with God, goes to work on his knees, like I said, it's work, and begins to pray that their eyes would be opened up. Here's what we have to understand, guys, as I get into t- today's message. Christianity is a, it's a people ministry. Christianity is a, a, a people-oriented um, life with God. Christianity was never meant for me to get saved and uh, find a place in a pew somewhere where I can kind of tuck myself in behind a really tall person and, and then slide in and out as quickly as I can. And then that's my life. That's my Christian life. And then I show back up the next Sunday or Sunday night, whatever it might be. God never intended my life to be that way, and he never intended your life to be that way. God intends you to be actively working your Christianity and not being so selfish with my Christianity. You know, we use it like a fire escape. I got out of hell. Well, that was close, and then we go on living our lives. And don't think about the others who are around us that need to know about God, that need to know there's somebody that can change their lives inside out. And God saved us so that we could share the gospel uh, with others and to be able to equip us so that we would be able to get around and be able to work with other people. God wants you to help other people grow up in the Lord and and become excited because uh, maybe somebody you've been trying to work with showed up at church and and, and maybe they're starting to grow in the Lord and, and you get this thrill in your heart and you want to see that person really make something for God. But let me say this to you. You'll never speak well to men about Christ until you have spoken well to Christ about men. God needs Christian prayer warriors that are willing to pray for people around us and to work with people around us and beg God that they could come to the full measure of the stature of Jesus Christ, that these people can grow up in the Lord and understand this book and apply it and watch their lives just blossom and explode for the Lord's sake. That's what Paul is desiring here this morning. I want you to notice, first of all, 
What was it that prompted him to begin to pray in the first place? What so stirred him up in the first place? Well, look in verses 15 and 16 with me again. Please follow along in the message this morning. So here's Paul talking to these people again after they've been told about all these great blessings. So he says, wherefore, verse 15, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Did you see that in verse 15? Wherefore, I also, after I heard of what? Your faith in the Lord Jesus and, so there's two things that motivated him, and love unto all uh, the saints. That motivated me. I mean, it was faith in Christ and their love to the, uh, if, I'm gonna, I'm, if I can just make it really practical and, and not just talk in terms of these guys, how about we bring it into a church setting and uh, let's say Paul could see in this church and maybe if you looked around here, he could see number one, that you genuinely got saved and uh, one of the evidences of that was that you loved the brothers around you. It was obvious that people meant something to you. And Paul said, that did something for me. By the way, that's the way, look up here, that's the way real Christianity really does work, is you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you really get saved, and the next thing that naturally happens if you got saved is you start wanting to minister to the lives of others. Uh, it's not just a life about me. I, I plop down in the pew, get up and leave and go, and then I'm, I'm, I'll be back next Sunday, and that's about it for my Christian life. No, here's what Paul saw. These people got saved. They had faith in the Lord Jesus Christ right there. I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and then your love toward the saints. And I could see that, he says. And I noticed, man, you guys really want to work into the lives of other people. I can tell that. You're trying to help somebody whose life is broken down to bring them back up out of the pit. You're trying to win someone to the Lord, and because of that, oh my goodness, there's some tremendous tools available for you, and I've really been praying that God would open your eyes up and let you see the things that are really available to you. That's what he's trying to say there in verses uh, 15 and 16. Verse 16, he said, I cease not. It's something on my heart all the time to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That's what I want so badly to see happen for this church. So he begins to pray for them. Do you have a prayer list that you pray with? How do you guys pray? Do you, I don't know, whatever comes to my mind when I'm praying, do you ever do that? Well, guess what comes to my mind? Everything. I'll be praying for you and your needs, and then I'll think about someone that was sitting beside you and the color coat they had on, and then the car that they drove, and then my grass is really tall. And I mean, just if I... If I'm just hit and miss in my prayer life, trust me, it's more miss than hit. I, I want to encourage you to have a prayer list to go by. Some kind of a pattern. Do you know what you're shooting for? Do you have a target? Or is it just things that they pass by your memory? Oh, we're in trouble then, aren't we? So what does he begin to pray for? Look in verse 17. Here's his prayer list. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you. Here it is the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him or concerning him, Jesus Christ and what it's like. So that wisdom, here's what he was saying, God, oh God, and let's make it Eastside Baptist Church, okay? Let's say it was our church and not the Ephesians. God, please help Eastside Baptist Church to have, you know, uh, the, their, their eyes opened up that with this spirit of wisdom 
and revelation in the knowledge of Him. You understand what it means, uh, you know, that, um, that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. You know what, you know, revelation really means? It's like when something opens up to you and it makes sense, finally makes sense to you. I remember, um, I'm glad my wife doesn't mind me giving examples of me and her. Um, so I, many years ago, and I'm saying probably 30 years ago, I remember sitting on the couch and she and I were talking and she was trying to tell me about something that had happened to her and it was heart-wrenching to her and she tried to tell me how she um, had, had tried to, to, to uh, work the circumstance out. And I remember sitting on the other side of the couch thinking, oh, well, here's what I would have said. And, and I started saying that to her. And I'm like, honey, you know, if you'd have said this or if you'd have, if you'd have left that part out and she, you know, started crying first time in our marriage, <laughs> um, started crying, and, um, and she says, honey, would you just listen to me? And I'm like, I'm listening. I always listen, like every husband, amen? And um, she says, just, just hear what I'm going to say. I don't need you to fix this problem. I don't want you to work on this problem. All I'm wanting you to do right now is to just listen. I'm like, that's it? I'm like, I can do that. I'm real good at listening, and I, I know how to fix a problem, too. But um, that's what I thought. But, you know, honestly, after about 10 years of marriage, we've been married a long time anyway, and it finally my eyes is like opened up, you know, and I realized, you know, she's been trying to say that to me for all those years, and it finally clicked. There's times she just wants me to listen to her, not agree or disagree, just listen and say, honey, I love you and I'm praying for you. That's great, or something like that. That works pretty good. Um, so, I, honestly, that was like a revelation to me. I, I don't know if that's, guys, has ever hit you. Like, it, it clicked what they were trying to say. It's like a door opened up and I could finally see what they were trying to say. And that's what Paul's trying to say, uh, that you would have that spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the truths that are really behind all of this that you've not really been getting and kind of skimming over anyway would finally open up to you and and you could see what it was that i've been trying to say to you that's what paul wanted to happen to these ephesians that their eyes would open up to these valuable truths and so that's part of his prayer list are you hearing that that's what he prayed for eastside baptist church if he was praying for us he would have prayed and said god please help eastside their eyes would open up and and that a revelation would be made known to them that as they're reading the Word of God, they'd really see it for what you're trying to say. And it wouldn't be something they skimmed over and said, well, that was too hard for me. Um, another way he put it was there in verse 18. Uh, look at that there with me. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Which, by the way, the Holy Spirit is the one that does that. It's the Holy Spirit that sheds light on the Word of God that helps you to see and know what is actually being said there. But he says that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. So here's the deal. When your eyes have been enlightened and something makes sense to you, you'll begin to understand the things that God has given to us. To know what is the hope of his calling simply means those things that he gave to us when we were saved. And that only happens when our eyes get opened up. Uh, the eyes of understanding just literally open up. I was talking to uh, um, 
John and Regina Sullivan this morning, and we were mentioning the name Ed Stridicke. Is there anybody else in here that remembers Ed Stridicke? Really? You guys remember Ed? Um, he goes way back, and I remember Ed uh, came to uh, our church on, uh, boy, 622 South Sycamore, and uh, he had dropped some of his kids off for the bus route for that day, and it was a winter, uh, a cold winter's day, and and, uh, and I looked at Ed as he was driving up, and the whole windshield was just fogged over. And I'm like, I looked in the window. I said, Ed, what's the matter? He goes, my defroster isn't working. I said, well, you better be careful. And he was scraping with stuff. Dropped the kids off, went driving out the driveway. Guys, there was this big metal post on the side of the driveway. I saw it, but Ed's eyes were not enlightened and opened up yet because of the fog all over the windshield and crashed right into that thing, man because he didn't get the fog cleared off and the windshield was blocked. And, and, and Paul is saying, I want the eyes of your understanding enlightened so you can really see what's right out in front of you, what God has, has literally uh, given to us. Once you can see clearly, guys, it's amazing how tools work to your benefit when you know what's in the toolbox. I mean, that's the same with the blessings that God has for us to be able to use and for guys for those things to stand upon and I and I I know it can be comical when you're thinking about you know somebody scraping a windshield and crashing into a post but when we're talking about the lives of people you're trying to help or the people that you ought to be ministering to in life and you're not understanding what the tools are that you have to work with or how to place them into their lives and help them to get established in the things of God it's very damaging to somebody else's life when I don't understand what those tools are myself. Um, God wants us to be able to see those things, to be able to help work into the lives of others. We should want our families to be able to see those things clearly. I have three daughters, and I pray that God would open their eyes of understanding. God, help them to see the truths that are in the Word of God. My daughter, Tisha, a pastor's wife down in El El Paso, Texas, God help her as she's trying to minister to those ladies down there, and, and that last year telling us about a woman that came and felt like she was demon possessed and saying things that sounded like she was god how do you, how does my daughter help a woman like that how about my middle daughter and my youngest daughter god would you open their eyes of understanding let them see the things that they're going to need to help others with we as a church family you as individual families need to know mom and dad how are you going to help your children grow up in the lord How do you help them to grow up to the point that when they reach teenage years that they don't walk out those doors for the last time and be done with church like so many teenagers do? How are you going to get the truths of the Word of God planted in their heart and soul if you don't know what those are yourself? God help us to have our eyes opened up to the truths that He has for us. And that's the prayer we ought to be praying for our families and our our children, those people that are around us. By the way, you ought to pray with me on Saturday nights, whether you come to the men's prayer meeting on Saturday nights or not. We meet at 8 o'clock, and man, would I love to have a lot more than we've been having. But whether you meet with us on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock or not, you ought to be praying that God would do that for us on Sunday mornings, that when we get here and the Word of God is preached, that God would give me understanding and know how to preach that Word so that it would make sense to you, and you would know how to apply it to your life. And that it it would like, eyes would open up and people that have been staggering in their Christian life for years would finally get it. 
You need to be praying with and for me that God would bless in that way. So when we have God's truth revealed to us, that revelation is opened up and we begin to see those truths clearly, in other words, our understanding enlightened, then we will begin to know what um, God sees and what God has available for those once they get saved. God help us to see those things. I mean, that's what he meant by the words that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. All he was saying there is this, guys. Can you go back there with me? Uh, Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What did he just say? That was a That was a long sentence that had a lot of words in it. I didn't quite grasp and understand. All he's saying is so that you can know and understand what's been given to us. The truths that are in the Word of God. Hey, by the way, those are the things that will put a foundation under your feet. The things he's talking about, the truths about the sovereignty of God and the love of Christ and, and, and eternal security and the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives, listen to me, those are the things that when life comes at you and, and the world has given you its worst and the earth is shaking around you, those truths that we're talking about here is what will hold you solid in the truths of God. It'll keep you from shaking around like the rest of the world does and acting so crazy like, man, America is kind of acting crazy. The politics and all that's going on. Of all people, Christians ought to have a foundation that they stand on and holds them secure. When trials come our way, when difficulties come our way, we still stand solid and firm. It's those truths, by the way, guys, and I look around at our folks that I've seen here for years and years, it's those truths that have kept you faithful year after year. It's those truths that you've had your eyes opened up to that's put a foundation under your feet that when the worst of life has happened to you, and I know a lot of that, no tough things that have happened to you and your families. You've stayed firm, and you're still here, and you're still serving. It's those things that God wants us all to know and understand and be serious about reading and understanding uh, the Word of God. This has a tendency to settle so much for us when life's worst is being thrown at us. It's what makes one Christian stand firm and another one falls apart, disappears, we just don't see them again. As I've said, I so long for those things for my daughters. I long for those things. I've got grandchildren now. Parents here ought to long that those things would be real. Mom and Dad, you need to get those truths into the heart of your children. Don't count on some Sunday school teacher, which thank God for the Sunday school teachers. And we need good Sunday school teachers. We need faithful people that are teaching the lessons to our little ones. Thank God for them. But mom and dad, it's your responsibility to make sure those truths get into the heart. They can get them into their minds, but you need to get those truths into their heart and let your children know that those are the rock-solid truths of the Word of God that we need to stand on. Well, another thing that gets settled for us once we understand all that God has for us is there in verse 19. Would you look there with me? Verse 19, also, here's another one of his prayer requests. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Now, he's wanting to talk about this power. Let's look at it for a moment. Verse 20, 
which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. What kind of power do you think it took to raise Christ from the dead? God power. And also set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above by the way guys these are things that we have these are things our eyes need to be opened up to his power is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and praise god he hath put all things under his feet it means he's the conqueror of all those things and gave him to be head over all things to the church. I'm going to talk about that here in just a moment. Which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. It's the amazing power of God that has been given to us now that we are saved. I mean, that power was demonstrated, first of all, at Calvary and at his own tomb when he burst through the chains of death and canceled the penalty of sin in our lives. I mean, that's the tremendous power of God that was demonstrated there at Calvary. And guys, there in that one act of his powerful resurrection, Christ vanquished all the evil powers that are around as well. I I love what it says, he hath put all things under his feet. So I, I like to envision when Jesus rose from the grave, not only did he have victory over all of death, And not only did he have victory over all of the sin that would come to the Christian's life and over the devil himself, but all those powers that would try to come at us. And I I like to envision the Lord with all those things under his feet. When, um, for instance, a a general would fight in a battle, a, a Roman general would fight in a battle. They would bring the king before him of their enemy and would bring that enemy to his knees and that general would place his foot on the top of the neck of that enemy king and then of course would have him uh, taken out assassinated but when he would put his foot on the top of that other general that enemy it showed that he was the conqueror and what God is trying to say to us when he rose from the grave he does have victory over death and if this physical body dies if I believe in him I'm really never going to die I my soul my spirit gets to go to be with God in heaven Who can do that? Who has that kind of power? Who can give me the security that if I, you know, if if driving home today I had an accident and my my physical life was taken, I have the assurance to know that I'm on my way to heaven. Who does that? The God of heaven with all that kind of power available to me. And then also, now that I'm saved and sin keeps coming at me, you guys face it every day out there on the on the job. You know what it's like to try to be serving and, and, and working and, and sin is in your face all the time and this person's talking about this and that and, and you go home and, and be careful when you flip on the, the TV or whatever you open up in your hand to look at. You know what comes at you all day long. How are Christians supposed to live the kind of life God wants us to live in this life? Through the power of God. Well, I, I, I just don't seem to have the strength or the ability. You don't. But God does. And that power now works in and through us. Well, it just seems like the old devil gets the best of me. Well, look and understand right here, he's put all those things under his feet. He is victorious over all of the enemy. The devil has no strength against mighty God. And the power that brought Jesus Christ up out of that grave right now works in my and your life. 
and has given me the ability to avoid the sin that's out there and given me the ability to live my life for the Lord, to be able to help you, for you to be able to help your wife or your husband or your children or the person that works next to you that needs to know that there's somebody in this place that stands for something that's real. There's somebody here that stands up for when they say I'm a Christian, they live it out. I can see it in their life. How am I supposed to live that kind of a life? Through the power of Jesus Christ that God has made available to us. And we go on and kind of yawn our way through this Christian life, kind of waiting on the rapture to happen. You know, I wish we could just get out of this old world, and I understand that. I I don't enjoy everything that happens to me here in this life. But I do know that when the love of Christ and his great power that works in and through me can work through me, amazing things can happen in my life. Something Christians need to get settled in their heart is that God is for you. For you. Would you look there in verse 22 again? And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things. Notice the wording. To the church. The word to the church there means the same thing as if you had said for the church. Not trying to change the word of God. Trying to help you to understand what he really is saying there. That I've done all those things for you. And God is for you. And I don't know if you feel like you're one of those outcasts and like, I'm just not one of those favorites of God. But that is not true. And God loves you as much as anybody in the entire world. It cost him just as much blood Uh, to to pay for your sin debt as it did anybody else. God is for you, and God wants to work in your life and to bless you with all the spiritual blessings that are available to any Christian that knows the Lord. I want to end with these thoughts. I want to tell you, I want to ask the congregation, would you pray for me weekly? I would ask you to ask God to open my eyes of understanding to the truths in the Word of God. Could I be somewhere on your prayer list? And would you pray that God would open the eyes of the pastor and God help him to see the things that I need to see when we get to church and to be able to preach the things that would help me to really grow in the Lord. Your family needs your prayers. When's the last time you've ever even said something like, God help my husband or my wife or my children? to really see what's being said in the Word of God and let it speak to their heart. Let it get into them. Let them not be bored with Christianity. Let them not be one of those people that just grow up and and as soon as churches, I'm, I'm old enough to do my own thing, they leave the house of God. Lord, let it get into their hearts. Would you pray for your families? We need to do that. Paul gave a tremendous example of what we ought to be doing one for another. Every one of us need to pray for each other. If you got something um, working in you at the church that is difficult, you believe there's power enough that rose Jesus from the grave to help you get through what you're going through? Absolutely. The only thing that would keep you from being able to grow through that and see the things that would help you is if you just want to close your eyes to it and refuse to let God do his work in your life. I'm going to leave it with that and, um, and just challenge you. Will you pray? Will you pray for me? Will you pray for you and your family and this church family? 
And as we wrap it up this morning, if I can just ask the question, I know I've been preaching to Christians. I understand that. Looking around, that's pretty much who I see here this morning. But I know it's possible in a crowd this size that there may be somebody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as the Bible teaches us here that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, and then as he was talking about, I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, I don't have that. I don't know Christ as my personal Savior. I know he's real. I know he died on Calvary. I know he even died to pay my sin debt, but I've never personally accepted Christ as my personal Savior. I just would challenge you this morning, if God would speak to your heart about the need of being saved, would you be willing during our invitation to come forward and let Christ work in your heart? I'd love to take the word of God and show you how to be saved before it's too late. But if we could all bow together in prayer, with our heads bowed and eyes closed as we pray this morning. Heavenly Father, again, as we come to the throne of grace today, God, I want to thank you for your word and that sincere desire that I could see in the Apostle Paul to want to see the church's eyes opened up, that they could see and understand the truths that are in this book here today. And I'm asking you, Lord, would you please help us to do so, to spend the time on our knees for our families, for ourselves, for their pastor, for fellow members, that God would open their eyes to see things that they are obviously missing and be a blessing. Please work during the invitation, Lord. Again, if somebody is not saved this morning, I would ask that you would draw them to you in a saving way. And we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.